0: The following episode may contain major spoilers for any adventure or plot details contained within the material. We strongly encourage players who are about to embark upon this adventure to stop and ask themselves if they really want to ruin the experience that their friends are crafting for them. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Legend Lore, the podcast series where two Dungeon Masters flip through one tabletop RPG book at a time, giving their insights on the pros and cons of the publication in question. Hi, I'm Adam and with me is Dan and we're going over our thoughts on the Wizards of the Coast product, Planescape, Adventures in the Multiverse. Before we get into this product though, let me ask a couple of questions. Roll initiative. Sure. Ah, yellow dice. Black die, oh, four. Yay, 16. All right, so my first question for you before we jump into this is, did you know this was three books before you came over to do this?
1: (laughs) So uh, you sent me a message saying, hey, Dan, we got this legend lore, we're doing Planescape, and I was like, oh, they made a Planescape book. That's cool. And And... That is the level of knowledge I have about
0: you, this. You've been a little tuned out of the publications recently. Uh, right?
1: I mean, yeah, starting a new business and stuff, and the stuff that pulled me away from the podcast is still taking a very large majority of my life. So, um, so these
0: are happy surprises.
1: For a you. lot of these are happy surprises, and like I've noticed, the quality of their productions have increased slightly since some of the poor decisions.
0: Eh, and, and eh, you you weren't here for the Spelljammer legend lore. I guess that's true. Yeah. The quality of the artwork. The books are prettier. At face value, they seem to be fine. But, as you will see, this three-book situation is not something to be rewarded. This is something to be slapped upside the head. Because this was about 20% more expensive than just a regular book, and yet will have a similar page count. Really? Yes. So, what they've done is they have separated the books, if it's anything like Spelljammer, and we've not cracked this open yet, if it's anything... And it's still in the cling wrap. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's anything like Spelljammer at all. They're going to have one book, which is kind of like what you need to know, DM tips, a little bit of lore, maybe a couple mechanics. Then they've got a bestiary, and then they've got an adventure path. Okay. And it's divided, essentially, into three. So your bestiary is a little bit bigger than what we're used to seeing out of a regular publication, which is normally like 40 pages out of a 250-page book. Yeah. Right, so it's going to be bigger for this. But that's because this is presented as a campaign setting, and so that's kind of what the first book is. With an adventure, which is kind of what the third book is, but if you think about Eberron or Ravnica or Theros, the adventure was only forty pages. The bestiary was only forty pages. So the campaign setting and the player options were huge. Mm-hmm. We don't get that. They really pulled back on the campaign setting to give us how to run this adventure, and by the way, more monsters. Okay. So that's what I Spelljammer have... did.
1: I'm, I'm I'm I I am a little okay with that.
0: Are you? Because I like having um. Information about the world I'm going to be playing in. I, 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 Your complaint about Sword Coast Adventures Guide is that it's not enough fucking info. Uh,
1: yeah, but we're at the stage of this right now where, like, I'm not starting a new seven-year campaign at a Planescape. I am... I want these monsters to put
0: in my homebrew. Sure. So give me more monsters. Sure. But remember, a lot of people are. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. So you know nothing about this book going into it. What do you hope to see in it? Um...
1: I, I, I'm really going into this with very little expectations. Uh I hope to see no uh AI art. Uh, um fuck. Would Th- be good. Yep. Yeah. Um but uh I I want it to have a unique, uh unpredictable aspect to it. Like Planescape should be more than just hopping through a portal and ending up in a different
0: domain of dread, right? Like it should be this shouldn't be the Radiant Citadel. Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, what I'm hoping for this is that we get something that... All right, hold on. I got a question. Planescape traditionally, is it in the Forgotten Realms or not? Um, it
1: It is in the... The Forgotten Realms is in the Planescape, yes.
0: Right. So the, the two are tied. Yes. The What I'm hoping is that we get some information on the Elemental Planes of Chaos. Yep. Because be nice. that's what Planescape is usually based around. Like, we should be getting Sigil, right? Oh, yeah. Which is the City of Brass... In the plane of fire, right? Like that's what it has been traditionally. So I'm hoping we get to see some of that. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean, quite a substantial deep dive into each one of the planes and how cosmology generally works, because that has been fairly light.
0: Sure. What are your concerns? What do you not want to see in this?
1: Um, that a very large portion will be rehashed from the planes that we have seen in other publications, like Avernus and yeah. um, uh, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight and all those other ones. Like, uh, we've seen the planes in other books. I don't want reprints. One of the things we had with a problem with the uh, Shattered
0: Obelisk, 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 uh,
1: was hey, half this book is a reprint.
0: <laughs> It's a reprint of retired material. I don't think there's anything that got retired when this came out. So my my concern about this is that it's going to be a... How do I put this? It's going to give us another campaign setting with its own unique cosmology that does not fit yeah. the way that, that we've come to look at 5th edition. When Spelljammer came out, it said you can go from the Forgotten Realms to Greyhawk. You go from Greyhawk to Eberron. from Eberron to Ravnica. Any existence. Your homebrew world exists within Spelljammer. It's the overarching spiderweb that lets us do everything, right? And now we come up with Planescape, which is a different format than what Spelljammer was yeah. originally. About how to move between places. We already have you can go through colored pools in the astral sea, right? Like you we've got there're too many like ways to move Yeah, between. but those have, those always existed
1: because it, those have always existed. I mean, it's the difference between taking a spaceship from point A to point B to popping through a wormhole and going to from point A to point B, right? Like there's but they were
0: self-contained multiverses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I think that for 5th edition they, they gave us Spelljammer and said, this is the way it works for 5th edition. We're just homogenizing everything into the same world. Here it all is, right? So you can have a Warforged Artificer pop up in Ravnica. It's okay. Spelljammer exists. Yeah. Right? If they're just going to give us... And by the way, there's portals and shit too. That's fine, but don't make it its own separate thing that you use instead of... Spe- like You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah I get what you're saying. C- consistency is what I'm looking for. Cool. So... Let's uh, cut this bastard open and take a look at it. You're being so fucking gentle with this thing. I'm always gentle with my D&D books, Dan. You're the one that ruins them. It's fucking cellophane. Just get at it. You're the one that ruins them. If I remember correctly, it was the uh, Candlekeep map at your house that got utterly destroyed. Uh... Yeah, because it ended up being a holder for a coffee cup.
1: No. Yes. That doesn't sound like me. (laughs) That sounds more like my
0: children Uh and their coffee habit. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> so all right the very first thing we have is when we open it up there's this little page they put on the back i don't know why they do this just give give, give it a back cover Ah, uh, no i like that there's not a back cover for my bookshelf purposes uh, that doesn't make an ounce of sense to me every other book has a back cover just put the put the splash <laughs> anyway infinite realms of immortals and imagination the outer planes brim with celestials fiends gods and the dead and they're all just a step away. Ooh, maybe this will give us, like, God... So, outer planes, not inner planes. So, not the... Remember, the inner planes are the elemental...
1: Planes. Uh, let's hold off judgment, because it's probably both. Sure, but it's in the in the cosmology wheel... That but I, there are gods that exist within the inner uh, in the inner uh, planes.
0: Yes, I know that. But what I'm saying is, the wheel, the wheel, Dan, <laughs> has an outer planes and inner planes. I will pull Sword Coast Sword Adventure Guide... Out, I will open it to that page, I will pull it to DMG, and I will punch you in the mouth with it. I have looked into <laughs> this because I'm so mad at the multiverse ID in the first place. I fucking hate that. Okay. I really do. But, enter a portal to, ah, fuck, to Sigil, okay, the City of Doors, Metropolis or Magical Pathways, okay, blah, blah, blah. The Hub of the Outer planes. I'd like, sure, sure, okay, so we're going to the Outlands, Hey, look, we got a great big fucking map of what looks like... Is that planes? Planer plane shit? I think Marvel? so. Okay, cool. Gateway to the multiverse. Can I just say I'm tired of multiverse? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're multiverse out. And and this is probably a, a
1: very specific and intentional pull because of all the things with Marvel
0: and shit right now as well. I've been overwhelmed with the uh, concept of the multiverse since... I, mean, I was collecting comics back when Infinite Crisis was coming out. Yeah. Right? And then they've done... I can't even keep track of what Marvel is doing. I don't uh, think Marvel could keep track of what There have been so doing. many reboots and whatnot. And I, I love the Mirror Universe and Star Trek. I'm all about everything fringe. Like, I, I am... Hell, I'm the only person, I think, that watched Eureka. And that had more timelines than anything else. That, like, it's fucking wild. I'm into it. But we have gotten so much multiverse shoved down our throats. I'm yeah. just I'm tired of it. So this beautiful slip cover has some art on it. It does have some art on it. And it is the same
1: art on both sides. Of and it's only like one of those
0: could be a back cover.
1: Yeah, almost. Um, shut up. The there's a mask, a masked uh creature, probably a dee. I don't know what god that is or
0: Oh, is that is that the uh Lady of Pain? Lady of Pain, like Shar? No, 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 no. The the woman that runs Sigil. Oh, maybe? It, I, have, I have, no, a little bit of Planescape from a little bit of research that I did 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have the memory know.
1: of a goldfish, so I uh, don't
0: Yeah, we'll, maybe? We'll, we'll get there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, what there's are we a, talking about first? Because there's something that I love there, immediately.
0: Yeah, all right. There's a DM screen. Okay, DM
1: screen is what we're going to talk about. And the very back of the DM screen are a bunch of uh, Modrons. With, I love Modross. the
0: Celestial, a giant, is that, there's an obelisk? There's,
1: uh, there is at least a, that might be Sigil. That might be the Tower of Brass, um, in Sigil, like that. Sure. Yeah. There are Celestial Dragons, We've potentially? Had... Oh my
0: god, this is, okay. See, this is what I mean, the artwork is getting better and better as, as it goes on. Mud but, methods. But I feel like we should, we should take 10% of the art budget and maybe hire an editor. I don't know, guys, what do you think?
1: What I'm really, really upset about usually when we get new DM screens is the inside, like the meat of it, the mechanics of it, are like copy-paste
0: every every single time. Actually, it's been different for the last few because one of the pages, because we always get the conditions, right? Yeah. And we always get the like the basic rules. Object hit
1: points and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: But then one of the pages seems to be um, campaign setting specific. And one of the pages seems to be like random table of some sort.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what we have here as well, including a uh, guide to the Outlands. Cool. Um, uh, and uh, planar portals. And what kind of keys you could have for a planar portal to pop to another plane. I mean, that's useful, but it's not something
0: I feel like I need to be able to have at my fingertips. If I, you're
1: running this campaign, maybe,
0: but... I mean, maybe, but I mean, isn't that something I would prep ahead of time? Sure. Uh, as a lazy DM, I'll use this. Oh, all right, fair enough. As someone who does more than 10 seconds of prep, I will probably not. Okay, so there are, like I, like I said, there are three books. Here's what they're called. The first one is called Turn of Fortune's Wheel, which I believe is the campaign setting. Okay. Like, or not the campaign setting, rather the, the adventure. The cover art for it is of a giant ass fox. Oh, we have Fox people. I can't open this yet. No. All right. So. so I want to open it. The second one is called Mort's Planar Parade. I don't know who Mort is, but we will find out. Also more Modrons in,
1: in here, which I fucking love. I love Modrons.
0: The last one is called Sigil and the Outlands. So this is our entire campaign set. It is not all of Planescape. It is Sigil and the Outlands. Like this is where this takes place. And we got this to a lesser degree in Spelljammer. Although they did burn a third of that book, the campaign setting book on just different kinds of ships, which let me tell you are just the same ship, different shapes. I know that they got a lot of critical backlash. I'm hoping that this book is better. So I'm going to open this one so we can learn about the setting before we dig into the others. Aww. Oh, I love opening a book for the first time. Yeah, there's so there's the mask of whoever's on the, the front cover. And there's I, there's some nerd somewhere yelling at us. Oh, there's nerds everywhere yelling at us, Dan. That's the like, special edition of these covers looks so beautiful. Yeah, I I didn't even see a way to buy the altered cover for the when on Amazon when I went looking for this because hmm. I ordered through Amazon and I couldn't find. So, total sidebar. We went and did Fandelver uh, and Below the Shattered Obelisk. You and I sat down to go over that because uh, it was your birthday present. Yeah. And when we got it for you, there was no alternative cover option for me to buy. And when I went on to Amazon, there still isn't. There's no way for us in at Amazon.ca, so in Canada, you cannot buy the alt covers through Amazon. Hard stock. You have to go try to find them at a local gaming store. Now... I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go down to the local gaming store. I just wanted to order it online. So I've actually ordered an alt cover because I want a copy of the book, right? So I ordered it with the alt cover, but I had to get it from a comic book store in Seattle, and so it's getting yeah. shipped cross border for
1: for for those who are wondering why don't why don't we just go to a friendly gaming stores here? Um, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Yeah, we have the ones that are that are like close to us. Like you got to go for like a half hour 45 minute drive
0: just to get to something decent well it's funny i can name seven comic book stores in the lower mainland uh two of them are an hour away every single one of them is terrible i would much rather go to our regular like bookstore chain and hope to get it there because they tend to be friendlier staff they will have um some options for you and uh, their prices are reasonable and not jacked up like they are at all the comic book stores so yeah our local gaming stores, there's one good one, and if they don't have it, I don't think I'm willing to deal with the sneers of the fucking comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. So, not going to throw anybody under no the bus. Names. No not names. Gonna, not going to name names. But hey, if you're a nerd doing nerd stuff by nerds for nerds, how about you show respect to nerds and not just scoff at everyone who walks yeah. through the door?
1: Yeah, the, the the local gaming the friendly local gaming store should at least be friendly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, let's see who we have working on this one. I'm always looking for the two fucking names. Christopher Perkins, Jeremy Crawford. They're rules developers here. They're not editors. Okay. Interesting. Um, Oh, Chris Perkins is in as an editor, but not the lead editor. And Jeremy Crawford's name is not on anything else for the book itself, just the D&D studio shit, right? Like Game Architect. Yeah. So... Normally, normally, um, when I see Jeremy Crawford's name on something, I don't want him to step outside of the rules. Because at least when he's popping off about the rules, I can ignore him and do my own homebrew shit anyway. <laughs> um, so, on the cover, uh, Sigil's enigmatic ruler, the Lady of Pain. Hey, okay, cool. What, you got it right. Um, looms before the planar metropolis and its its a curving skyline. All right. Uh, the disclaimer. The factions of the City of Doors are not responsible for symptoms associated with accidentally happening upon the cage, I don't know what the cage is, but okay. Please consult your doctor if you experience any of the following: upset stomach, nausea, existential dread. Uh, call your doctor, Dan. <laughs> uh, Claythrophobia, or an irresistible urge to wax poetic about philosophies relating to the multiverse. Well, hey, I guess yeah, I'm yeah, also yeah, you gotta going to call yeah, the, your doctor. doctor yeah. What
1: well, was that cl- uh, claustrophobia or no, was no. it
0: C L E I E I? T-H-R-O, phobia. The fear of being trapped. Oh, no. Oh, no. So uh, we're going to blitz through this because it's three books. three books, yeah. yeah. So, um, although, I'm going to start off right now by saying this first book comes with a map at the end, that which is the big map that we see in the... Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, right? the, that's the Outlands. Yeah. That's the Outlands. You'll see that we've got Arcadia, Mount Celestia, um, Bitopia. Yeah. Right? And so I tend not to pull the maps out of, of my books. Um, until I'm going to run a campaign in it, otherwise I get coffee cups. To, anyway, um, let it go, Adam. Nine Hells, <laughs> Hades. All right, so so it is the plains. However, Gehenna. <laughs> I, I have enough trouble on these fucking <laughs> podcasts between Brad, Megan, and Kyle. We cannot get a fantasy word... Like, I know they're all bullshit and they're made up. All language is made up. That's how language works. But I cannot get them to pronounce shit on purpose to the point where I don't think Megan has said Monsters of the Multiverse correctly once. Ever. Oh, good. On anything. Oh, good. It's usually Morty's monster book, if I get that. Maybe I will get that. But I, I, it is just fucking wild. So I, <laughs> And you make up words. Oh, I do it just to annoy you. you no, know, but you also make up words that don't I, exist. I like looking in your face and seeing the disappointment. It's not that I'm disappointed, because honestly I've come to expect it at this point. What it is <laughs> is, is a boiling internal rage that is is borderline... Um, blinding? No, it's not blinding. I would say it's borderline um, deific. Oh, okay. In scope. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. It, it penetrates... Godlike a, rage. To, ...to the very center of my soul, and it exudes out of me in waves of what you think of as disappointment, but it's only what your your tiny mind can perceive, because this is like six-dimensional rage. And it entices me. Yes. I, I I can smell your erection from here. <laughs> the table of contents moving right along. <laughs> We're just going to blast through these books. Well, not with that erection. <laughs> so, um gets the job oh that's really fucking cool Sigil and the Outlands have gate towns each one of the gate towns goes to a different place specifically but they got fucking wild names to them
1: yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah.
0: including Ecstasy uh, Glorium Bedlam Cursed Hopeless Cursed is C-U-R-S-T Cursed uh, Hopeless Torch Ribcage is one of them I wonder where that one goes. The uh, Abyss. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that uh, based on this, that is the Nine Hells. Okay, I mean that. that Maybe. That's Because it's nearby Automata, which is clearly. Acheron. Yeah, so <laughs> Fortitude Excelsior. Like, there's, there's some good stuff. So uh, we've got Infinite Doors to Adventure, which does the breakdown. And then Chapter 1 is Character Options. God fucking damn it. So we're going to be quick about this, right? (sighs) No, no, no. Okay, so there's no more... There are no more um, playable classes or playable races in 5th edition. I'm pretty sure we're done. Because the next time that we are going to get something that is an adventure path of any kind is going to be after one D&D comes out. Okay. So we have the Book of Many Things, which I believe is just Deck of Many Things related. And then other, like, ancillary or similar products. Magic items. Magic items. And then... There's supposed to be a Vecna campaign, and there's supposed to be a Red Wizards of Thay campaign, but these were announced after the 1D&D. Like, like those are supposed to come first, as far as anyone knows. So I think we're done. We just finished recording our last subclass episode. Oh. Uh, on, like, Thursday. So and, Tell us. And we're almost on the playable races, but we just finished covering all of the feats, just to find out that there are another fucking eight in here. Kyle, who's been on all the feats episodes... Is so fucking done with feats. And I gotta tell him, there's one more. So. Well, maybe two more. That's eight feats. Yeah, but we. See, I guess that's you you true, don't yeah. listen. We cover like 24 at a time. Yeah, so. that's true. Um, so, anyway, uh, there's some new magic. Two new spells: Gate Seal and Warp Sense. Uh, magic items. Dan, one of the magic items is called Mamir. Oh. Mamir, for those listening, is a sun god uh, that Megan's character in our last campaign prayed to and I murdered. In the final session. Yeah, you did. Yeah, as part of her final descent to evil. Uh, then we've got a chapter two, which is by far the largest chapter, which is called Sigil, the City of Doors. And then chapter three, The Outlands. I don't hate how much information we're getting about Sigil, the City of Doors. It seems to be about as much information as we got about uh, Sharn, the City of Towers, in Eberron. But it takes up, like, it's, it's almost 40 pages. Okay. And this book that I'm holding in my hands is... Less than a hundred. And then chapter three is the Outlands. Other than that, we've got maps. So there are only three chapters in the intro to this. Okay. this. This is what I'm saying, like, why bother? Why bother making this a prestige set? And it's because the pages is so thick, right? High quality, glossy pages and really fucking good art. Yeah.
1: These books are they're are high quality books, but they're not as crunchy as we would like.
0: Yeah, the quality of the books is good, but I'm not a fan of the the content necessarily. Let's roll initiative before we go through the rest sure. of it from here. 13. Three. There you go, Dan. All right, me first. Here's the intro. Infinite Doors to Adventure. Dan, do the whole book, and I'll just do the whole next book.
1: Okay, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Art here, as we said, is beautiful. There is an um, ex- explanation right off the top, what is Planescape? Which is a D&D multiverse and so much more beyond the great real cosmology detailed in the DMG. Planescape focuses on reality-bending adventures and aesthetics unbound from those of the mortal worlds. Sure. What sure. are the mortal wor- worlds? Um, I mean, the mortal worlds would be your Eberron, your Greyhawk, your yeah. Forgotten Realms. Okay, but yeah. this is... V- yeah, just as any other, just as, just as D&D, other D&D settings highlight certain concepts and can host any genre or of adventure or style of play, the same is true of Planescape. Adventures in Planescape campaigns often focus
0: on several of the following themes. And then they list them all. Okay, them all. Yeah. that's cool. But like, here's my issue. They've tied themselves to the Forgotten Realms planes, right? But Eberron has 13 planes and Greyhawk has more planes and we don't get like... Just cuz you can go to to Eberron doesn't mean you're going to explore the plains in Eberron, right? Well,
1: I mean that might come up here. We don't know. I mean it's multiverse is in the title. Let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Um there is three chapters in this book, three main chapters which we've already talked about. Um and then it tells you the three truths, rule of threes. Um everything's going to be in threes in this book. I have a feeling. Um, just like everything with sevens in the mas in the
0: um which light, which, well, light, no, but... which light yeah.
1: Um now we have character options which include uh some new backgrounds. The art here is beautiful.
0: You know, I don't know what it is about this art. I think that they finally mastered lighting. There's a depth to the lighting and the shadows on this yeah. that we haven't seen in in a lot of the previous art. So it's just I don't know, it's really solid. Yeah.
1: Um so new backgrounds. You got a gate warden. Which one of the thing I one of the things I've noticed is a lot of the new backgrounds have been incredibly
0: powerful. They've been beefy. What they're doing is they're slowly transitioning us to to grasp the idea that backgrounds are going to be the main building block for characters when it comes to um one D and D or five point five, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. So
1: Yeah, and each background gives you
0: a feat, is what they're doing now.
1: Yeah, they started doing that in Dragonlance. These pages feel thicker. This is what I mean. Like it's like deceptively thicker. Li- like li- I, I keep on thinking that there's another page back there's here. There's only fucking hundred pages. Like Jeez. that's the problem. Um. So the, you got the Gate Warden, the Planner Philosopher, which you have to choose a faction of sigil. Yeah, we're gonna keep going. Then you get the feats, which we will be doing separate things for. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. we'll do another episode yeah. on those. Um, and then we get to, like, I'm fucking 12 pages in, and we're already on magic and magic items. Two new spells, including Gate Seal, which is a fourth level abjuration, and Warp Sense, which is a second level divination spell. Cool. And then magic items. The Mimir is a skull-shaped device with that is filled with knowledge.
0: In real, in the real world, Mimir, like in real world mythology, oh, Mimir was yeah. a guy that had his head lopped off. Oh, yeah. And so you can carry his head around, and he, and he speaks to you and gives He's you Norse,
1: wisdom. Norse, uh, Norse mythology. Yeah, so yeah.
0: that's... That's neat. Yeah, I love it. Um,
1: a portal compass, sensory stone, and then we're into Sigil. Which, again, the art here is stunning. Just absolutely stunning. This, the the shot of the street in uh, Sigil with like a Gelobdur and a Modron.
0: And... So for those of you that obviously can't see the book right now, Sigil itself is a large ring, kind of like Orthanc in... Um in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. With a giant spire in the middle and there are all of these little towns, these little gates all the way around, these little gate towns on the border. So there's a city in this giant circular area with a massive tower in the middle as well. So that's kind of that's kind of the geography we're working with here. Cool. Um there is a note here that it is
1: aimamir not Them, not Themamir. So Sure. Uh, these little like inform they're like little databases of information that just spout off nonsense to you. Okay,
0: you have a set of your iPad.
1: Yeah, pretty okay. much, and it, you just carry it around uh, because there's flavor as there is with all of these like little warning based on publicly available municipal data. The portal in front of you, uh, the, the portal in uh, in front of which you are standing, leads to a vertical drop of approximately calibrating calibrating two hundred feet. Proceed with caution. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. You're going to go over the planar portals and what they look like. This is the same cutout as what is in the um, Dungeon Master screen. The Lady of Pain gets a section. The Eternal Lady of
0: Pain. Don't tell Terry this exists.
1: Oh, uh, I, I can smell his erection from here, to use your phrasing.
0: Are you getting inspirations with the design for your furniture, Dan? Um, d- no, what?
1: She's, she's not that, like... BDSM? No, really? she looks
0: like Hexadecimal from the she, old... She does. From she the old... Reboot. Yeah, cartoon reboot. Yeah. If you're not Canadian, you might be confused, but that's okay. Uh,
1: watch Reboot if you're not Canadian. It's a great show. It,
0: okay, it was one of the first kid shows that I watched get progressively darker and started dealing with like, I don't want to say adult themes, but definitely like older, mature themes. It that. was
1: also one of the first shows that was like a... Ser- not serialized, but it was a produced 3D animated yeah. show from start to
0: end. But I love that they, like, they took their hero character and essentially kicked his ass off into, like, the the ether. Never to be heard from again, he's dead. The 10-year-old stepped up to, like, try to fill his shoes, and then he got his eye carved out, and he lost, and he essentially died. And then we found out later that he had magically somehow survived, and it made sense within the context of the show, and he couldn't find his way home. He was essentially hopping around a multiverse. This is what I mean. Like, multiverse has been around forever, I fucking love that. It's such a good show. Yeah, the movies left a bit to be desired. But. Um, so we get we get a nice
1: big breakdown of the Lady of Pain and uh, what it is like uh, talking to her and uh, interacting with her, and then we go into the factions of Sigil, of which there are several, and there are full like half page breakdowns off each faction.
0: All right, we're up to uh, to eleven so far. Twelve.
1: Twelve is so twelve. Okay, there's twelve of them. And then some minor factions as well. And then we move on to a sigil gazetteer, which covers all of the uh the wards within the city. Okay, um, so
0: this is a breakdown like we got for Sharn in the Eberron book, which is yeah, good. A new race called Davis. Is it a race or a dude? it is a race.
1: Fell, uh Dabas, see Mort's Planar Parade, runs a tattoo parlor on the hive. Sure, okay. Cool. So it looks like there are war uh, wards within sigil. That each contain an aspect of their respective planes that is highly influencing them under sigil. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna read this, I need that information. Encounters and sigil. So now, okay, here we
0: go. There we go. Adventure, Adventure hooks, in, yeah, yeah,
1: adventures and adventures in sigil.
0: Um, calamities, faction missions, encounters like so. There's some how to run essentially, yeah. which is good.
1: So uh of the 100 pages sigil itself is like that's the one i
0: said it's like almost 40 pages yeah it's,
1: it's a good chunk of the book um next we move on to the outlands which is that space outside of sigil so there's this massive tower and i think that's sigil at the top of it
0: no 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 the tower and the outlands are oh well what the fuck are the outlands then are the outlands the inner area the Outlands are a plane of
1: concordant opposition, a disc-shaped plane of perfect neutrality at the center of the outer planes. Anything and everything can flourish on the impartial and balanced canvas of the Outlands, a broad region whose boundless ter- terrain blends okay. to match the extreme forces that shape it. Arid and flame-scarred plains give way to heroic mountain ranges sculpted in the likeness of gods. So,
0: so okay, so so there we go. When I'm when I said before that Sigil was this giant disc. The Outlands are actually the place between the gate towns. They're filling in the the circle. Yeah. And Sigil itself is the tower at that floating halo at the top of it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, You know what? I don't hate this. I don't hate this. It seems to be giving us... It looks like it's just more of a... Here's these cool locations. Well,
1: now... So you have the, like, wilds of the Outlands and then the cities. And I think it's starting with the cities, which are the gate destinations... Which go to the clockwork nirvana of mechanus and automata, right? Mm. Yeah. Which has a modron train. Neat. Yeah. Can you flip the next page? Bedlam, the windswept depths of pandemonium. <laughs> the 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 quote. What? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, cursed, which is uh, goes to carceri.
0: Yeah, but it is. I can't read it upside down. The The...
1: Tartarian Depths of Carceri. Ecstasy, the Blessed Fields of Elysium.
0: So a lot of these places, um, like these are the, they're clearly little civilization hubs that surround like this side of the portal, right? Like, so if you're going from Elysium and you want to head to Sigil, you would go through a portal in Elysium. And then once you go through, there will be a small town or something to welcome you there. They, where they put up shop, or they've got a temple, or they've got whatever. It's a little bit more. They're, they're small civilizations, all unique to themselves. And then you can go through the wild lands to get to Sigil, yeah. which is at the very middle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Sigil itself is full of doors to other places. Like, there's just more portals going on in Sigil. Yeah. So there's this is a giant... When they say hub, they mean it, which is...
1: Yeah, and, and, like, each of these, like, cities that, like, you go to Ecstasy, which goes to Elysium, it has a gate, and it describes what the gate looks like, and that leads you to, directly to Elysium, and then gives you regional effects of the area surrounding it. Cool. Um, and, and then noteworthy sites within it, right? And then what you to do, adventures within it, and then you move on, and it does that for every single one. Excelsior, the seven heavens, uh, gate destination goes to the seven heavens of Mount Celestia, and, yeah. But it's the same
0: format for each one of them. Faunal,
1: Fortitude, which goes to Arcadia, Glorium goes to Eastgard, Hopeless goes to Hades, the Grey Wastes of Hades, Plague Mort goes to the Abyss, Ribcage goes to Beator. Oh,
0: well, there you go. Yeah.
1: Uh, so it is the Nine
0: Hells. Yeah.
1: yeah. Regis goes to Ar- uh, Acheron, Regis, uh, Sylvania goes to Arboria.
0: And they've got a cool little splash page. Let me tell you something. I do, I am the one that Finds all of the Wizards of the Coast art to put in all of the YouTube channels, all the YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah. And I have been desperately trying to find art that represents the planes, all the different planes. Well, now each, you have it. Yeah. Each one of them, each one of these, has that art, right? I had to dig around into like th- third edition, and even then, I got almost nothing. Right. Like the 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 artwork representing the planes is weak at best. I think there was a lot of stuff in Wizards and Dragons and and uh, Dungeon Way back magazines. In the day, yeah. But like you can't find those magazines now. So.
1: The quote for, for Sylvania is, hey everybody, watch this. Dewey double there. May he rest in peace. <laughs> uh Torch, which goes to Gehenna, Trade Gate goes to Bitopia. Zeos, which goes to Limbo. All of this art is beautiful. And then other realms. Outside of the gate towns lie Waking Castles, the Layers of Timeless Evils, and Godly Realms ruled by deities who dwell among their worshippers. The following realms exist in the Outlands, and then it gives you a list of uh other locations within the atlans themselves
0: one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven maybe more morden's Anvil. oh yeah uh 12 thirteen 14 15 16 17, 18 other places but they're all one or two decent sized paragraphs yeah and like, they
1: give you some idea of what like are within the places but
0: it's very very It's like the Domains of Dread when they just started to list other Domains of Dread and they just gave you a fucking list. Yeah. Or in Dragonlance when they've got the Hex Crawl portion of it and it's just like, here's the stuff in there, but it's just a paragraph, a paragraph, a paragraph. So, um, so that's neat. Before we move on to the next one, is that enough for you? Is that good enough for a campaign setting
1: book? For me who often wings it, yes. However, if you are the kind of DM who needs a lot of information to uh, be able to run within a space, no, no, not at all. Like, uh, if you can't fill in the blanks, right, which is fine. That's just a different DMing style. Um, this might feel a bit, you'll, there'll be more work for it. Uh, There's a lot
0: of work for this. Because, sure, it gives me general ideas of this district, this ward, this city. But it's only a handful of paragraphs. You don't have maps for any of these game no, towns. No, you don't. You don't know what the, you might have an, an information about who a leader is in one of them but you certainly don't have NPCs laid out, right? There's no general populations of. Yeah. You, you have to figure that out based on the plane and and uh, two pages, a page and a half because there's a lot of art per location, right? And so honestly, for me, this is great. This is a, a hundred pages of great information that should be, that's half of what I need. Eberron gave us way fucking more, yeah. right? And granted, it had a larger landscape, and way more political intrigue, and the factions are really deep, and they're, like, there's a lot to Eberron. Well, the f- but there was a lot to Planescape in previous editions. There was a lot to Spelljammer and Dragonlance that are just glossed over now. I And
1: I think it's because they see that one D&D is coming, and uh, this this could be at the end of this, but they see one D&D is coming, and but they know they have to get this content out for this edition.
0: I don't even think it's that. I think that what they're doing is they're realizing that if they go more general, then they will... Be able to hit more people. More people will be interested in picking up this book, if they go more general. My problem is they don't give us the tools to then flesh those things out. Okay, what?
1: Well, you did the cover and the inside on the first book. I wanted right. to do the cover and the inside of this one. Sure. Um. So we have Mort's Planar Parade. This is the Bestiary, Bestiary,
0: bestiary. Uh, bestiary,
1: yeah Yeah. Uh, collection of creatures from across the multiverse. Uh.
0: It didn't make the noise. It didn't the make the open. noise. That's yeah. too bad.
1: The inside art is a cranium rat. Uh, nestling in what looks like uh, musical scoring.
0: We never talk about them, ever. But I do fucking love Cranium Rats.
1: I, I love Cranium Rats as well. Uh, the special edition of this one is just a gift Yankee, by the looks of it. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, no gift Confederates?
0: I made that joke a few episodes ago. I don't know when that one was going to come Boo. out. But, but I made that joke and nobody fucking got it. I'm so, I am so glad <laughs> that you fucking stopped Cole. The look you gave me. That fills my soul. My, my my deific rage is now down to fifth dimensions from six. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome.
1: Um, <laughs> Disclaimer, everything in this book is true. All right. Except for the parts that ain't. Cool. Uh, The planes change, coins and threats adjust, a few details, boring bits get more com- colorful. You know how it is. What's what? You're a cagey sort, Chief. You'll know. I know you'll figure it out. I don't know who's saying that, but it is what I guess is. Mort? Maybe Mort? Yeah. Um, so, inside of here, you have a... This is a 51-page
0: <sighs> book. Please head to the to the cover of this book. Mort is a chaotic good floating human skull. Who, yeah, so front and center. Front and center. I despite, was like, is that a demilich? Like, what? Yeah, despite his, have the gem. despite his lack of body, he is capable... He is a capable warrior in many respects, biting with his teeth and distracting foes with sarcastic taunts. This is what we get off of the fucking wiki
1: reminds me of there's people going to be yelling at me here but there is a ally of um i don't even know what
0: what uh, ip it, you're talking it, about it's
1: it's the the wizard detective books Fuck. oh the dresden files dresden files yeah there's an ally so that reminds me there's a there's an ally of dresden who is just a skull who is snarky with him all the time Right now, he's a font of ancient knowledge and and shit like that. And occasionally goes, hey, could I go out and have a drink? And But, yeah. Anyways. uh, Cool. So, this is a 51-page book.
0: Boo. Um, It's slightly uh,
1: big. Yeah, 51. No, more
0: 61 pages. Okay. Um, So, it's it's bigger than we normally get in a campaign setting. But it's still... That does All right. Keep going. Yeah. The
1: uh, stat blocks are listed alphabetically, not by location. Sure. So, like... Uh, adult Time Dragon 50 is the first one on the top here.
0: Oh, I fucking hate
1: that. I hate that. Go by page number, guys. Like, uh,
0: anyways. All right. Yeah, okay, give me the book. Give yeah, me the book. go, go, go. Do your thing. So, uh, all right, it looks like, let's get into this. That's so weird why they wouldn't just make it, all right, I'm mad. I'm just mad at this already. That was an editing choice that we disagree with. Yep. Multiversal Menagerie is the introduction area uh, here. Talks about how to use a stat block, unusual attacks and magic, death and the planes. As mortals that die eventually have their souls returned as petitioners in far-flung reaches of the outer planes. Um, creatures that reform in the planes multiple times become increasingly dissimilar from its original immortal or its original mortal form. Uh, stat block by challenge rating. I will tell you now. We have one level 26, one level 22, one level 20, one level 18. God, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Stat blocks for uh, tier four and above, and then most of this is tier one.
1: I mean, they usually are. Most most of the stat blocks you encounter are tier one. So uh, I I'm not upset about that. I wish there was more stuff for the later tiers, but we've we've beat that drum.
0: Yep, planar influencers, planar alignment, uh, the abyss, <laughs> planar influencers. <laughs> Uh, planar influencers yeah it's just just a bunch of modrons with a tiktok account yeah get it a tiktok
1: account yeah yeah yeah
0: so um so the outer planes are homes to powerful forces of good and evil chaos and order over time these forces can alter creatures exposed to them so that's what the influence is um and then there's petitioners people that come to them once they've died and so it's how this is what they're saying instead of like gods and souls it's influencers and petitioners yeah okay And then for each one of the planes, I love this. For each one, we have a quick breakdown of what happens to people when they are on this plane. Oh. For example, creatures influenced by Acheron have rough scarred skin that resembles armor or or pitted metal. A creature influenced by Acheron also gains one or more of the following traits of your choice, including battle lust, corrosive death, or pack tactics. So these are things that you add on. This is great shit. We had this in previous editions, and we actually talked about this in a couple of our planar episodes, where if you were on this plane... You or, should get tainted by it in some way. Yeah, there's there's going to be effects... I'm molded by it. Uh, of, ...of the influence of this plane on you if you're there for long enough. And so we used to get that in previous editions, or when you go here, you have disadvantage on this or mechanical penalties of that or shit like... We're, we're getting that now, and there's a bunch of flavor text for it, I think that was included in Tome of Foes to a far lesser degree when it came to the different levels of uh, of hell for all of the demons or for all the devils, right? And then, mm-hmm. So it's cool because we get it for all of it. This information is in here, but you know what? This should fucking be in the campaign setting. Yeah, it should. Right? Well, I mean, they needed to fill in this 50 pages to make binding a separate 50 pages worth it. So, and then we get denizens of the Outlands. So, Outlands Aberrations, Outlands Beasts, Celestials, Outlands Dragons. And so, just grab a D4. There's a red die over there. Yeah, I got it. And I'm going to just pick fiends because I was talking about them. Yeah, just give me a roll. Uh, dos. Alright, so denizens of the lower plains regularly invade the Outlands, seeking to shift the balance in the uh, the realm toward evil. The blood war, the endless conflict between demons and devils, regularly spills into the plane. You rolled a two. After being ambushed by a rival, a night hag merchant offers a reward to characters who help her recover her lost inventory. Several dozen stray larvae, which are in the DMG. Hmm. So there are, these are all just like encounter, like hooks, right? So there's four for each one of these uh, creature types. There are 14 creature types. Fourteen times four is. Off the top of my head fifty-six. So there's fifty-six adventure hooks in here, and none of them are bad. None of them are bad. This is That's this is awesome. okay. Yeah, this this is what you'd be in the fucking campaign setting. For. <laughs> anyway, by the time we get to the bestiary, we're on page sixteen um, of a sixty-three page book. My God, we finally get to the Hound Archon. Oh wow, that that only took s- the entire seven fucking years? edition. The entire fucking edition. Yeah. What are their? What's their CR? Uh, four. That's way too low. I think that they're supposed to be like frontline soldiers. Ah. Uh, we okay. also have lantern archons. What's the trumpet archon? Is it in there? Well, hold on. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Nope. And warden archons. No trumpet archon. Nope. Okay, cool. What the fuck is a baronaloth? A baronaloth is a large fiend. Another we... yugaloth. Hey. We get barrier wanderers. These are celestials with the lower bodies of goats. So half satyr, half Centaur. Sure, right. So barrior Wanderers. Marior. Yeah. Warden. Cranium Rat Squeakers and a Squeaker Swarm. <laughs> squeaker Swarm. The Squeaker Swarm. The Cranium Rat Squeaker is a CR zero. Uh, we've got the I would call it Davis. You call it davis? I'm not sure. The Davis Rebus that translates the uh, that translates as Leave at once. The lady commands it, and it's it's leaf. And then a picture of a hat minus the H is at. And then the number one plus S is once. And so it's all in code, right? Commands is a picture of a comb, the D&D ampersand, and then plus S. Commands. So, commands, right? So so this is... And then uh, the word it is an oven mitt minus the M. So neat, totally fucking ridiculous, but neat. Uh, these are gray-skinned, vaguely human-like figures with curled horns. They are celestials, typically lawful neutral, although they very much look like demons.
1: Well, it's the curly horns plus the... the...
0: Floating shock of white hair and, yeah. and like, the deep red robes.
1: With no feet. Like, I, I suspect these things just kind of, like, float around.
0: They have a fly of 30 feet, yep. and, and then includes hover. They communicate via symbol speech. So we get a new language. That's what that is. Cool. Symbol speech. Uh, I'm going to go through this real quick.
1: No, you cannot learn that, Brad. (laughs) I need to do it for puzzles,
0: Brad. There are Dark Weavers, which are medium aberration spider monsters that are just horrifying. I want that. Megan's coming over later, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Demodans. Oh, shit. We got got Demodans? Yeah.
1: Fucking finally. That's almost as egregious as not getting uh, uh, Hound Archons until now.
0: Yeah, okay, so for those of you that don't know, Demodans are neutral evil, so we have more fiends that are neutral evil, which are phenomenal. We get three of them uh, going, ranging from CR 11 to 16. Uh, we have an Eater of Knowledge, which is a large aberration. That is just wet-looking. I was going to be like, Eater of Knowledge, Adam? <laughs> uh, that's Consumer and Spewer of Knowledge. Oh. Uh, Githzerai, we get a few more Githzerai. Fantastic. No, Gith Yankee. At all? No, nope. I don't think so. Did I, Unless faces... they're going to be a little later. No, nope. I guess they wouldn't
1: be alphabetically.
0: Huh? No, I think we got gifts. Uh, Get Yankee and Spelljammer because probably yeah, yeah right. So so this is Gifts Um Mort is in here with snarky little comments all over the place. We've got and like every single time you see his face,
1: it's like he's just going hey, like he's just got the. Goofy looking look on his skull face.
0: Now we have uh, what I'm going to call furries. These are called gardenals, and they are essentially bipedal. Like it's, uh, that's Bojack Horseman, right? Sure, yeah. This is fucking a mouse man. Yeah, but what's the fantasy mouse series? Uh, Redwall. Redwall. That's what. Like, and we and we have a bird one, a horse one, a mouse one. I think this is why we're going to have a fox one on the front of the cover the next book. Sure. Right? Like, this is just, here you go, make some fucking... Now, is it? Is it... Are
1: there how to turn these into player characters? Or... No, no,
0: no, no. But it just, it opens that when, up. Now. When you have
1: the legacy rules uh, as they're now, you could pretty much just take these as inspiration and use yeah. the, the, the legacy rule to generate your own race, I guess?
0: Considering that race is going uh, oh, to be... Or no, they're going to start calling it specie. No, they're going to start calling it species in 1D&D. When, it, when the new edition gets released, when the update comes out, there'll be species, and it's the least important part mechanically, so it's really easy to homebrew your shit. Okay. So we're just going to have d and going to become the Land of Furries and Elves and Dwarves, which is going to drive me up the fucking wall, but that's just because I'm a tr- traditionalist. Regardless, these Gardinals are all CR two six nine for the flying one, but they're all Celestials. In my, good. In,
1: in my campaign, there's there's a there's a guy who's like actively awakening animals and and whatnot. So I'll still use those. Uh,
0: there's a medium construct. There's a evil elephant, a melephant which is a large fiend. <laughs> I'm not, uh, moving along. Goddamn <laughs> modrons. We get a decaton and a hexton modron. About fucking time. Look at that! Like look at all the fucking pinchers coming off the decaton. I might need to borrow this book. Uh, you say that every time and then I never get the books back Nonaton which is nine she's got nice big full lips damn uh, oh oh, we got a splash page for the Hexaton I'm upset they don't call it a Hexaton it's just called a Hexaton Hexaton
1: I think I think that's it was called that in previous editions uh, as well
0: we're going all the way up uh, we got up to uh, to Pentadrone Pentadrone yeah. before um, and now these are Octon Modron Septon mordra. So they're no longer called Drone at the end. These are the commanding officers. Yeah, I'm curious to know if they get into the fucking lore about it. We've got Planar Incarnate. These are gargantuan, celestials, or fiends, any alignment. The upper and lower planes are fundamental manifestations of good and evil, law and chaos. The most dire and fateful circumstances, these planes can manifest primal embodiments of their might. Interesting. So these, these are like uh, primordials just of the planes. Damn it, we get another blight. I just finished talking about blights for a fucking third of an episode. We get a Razorvine blight. Uh, CR1. It just has spider climb, falls appearance, and life-draining vines. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, what are Rilmani? The Rilmani predict the balance between the forces of philosophies of the multiverse. Oh, they're just like fucking weird celestials. Like metallic-looking... We had uh we had something in Fizzbands. It was a it was like a dragon speaker or something It was very much in the in the vein of this. Yeah. Shemeshka. There we go, here's our fox woman. Uh Shemeshka the Arcanoloth. So she's an Arcanoloth. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm fine with that. Sure. Arcanoloths have been foxes uh, sure. Um and she's named one of Sigil's most ambitious and notorious crime bosses. And she, CR she's 14. on the
1: cover with Mork.
0: Yeah, cool. I'm into it. Uh, we have sunflies, which are little celestial. A lot of new celestials. We've been complaining it's been celestial light. We got a lot in this book. Cool. So, a uh, swarm of sunflies. They're cute little bug creatures. So, you'll hate them. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Time dragons. Oh, no. I'm just going to flip past this. Stay tuned for Terry and Peps to talk about time dragons. Um, and then, Vargui. We get Vargui, a different version of Vargui. Yeah, Is these... that one wearing a chef's hat? Uh, yes. Well, that it looks like it came off the body of a chef. So, Vargui are flying fiends that resemble disembodied humanoid heads with wings. Like bat wings. Uh, while most Vargui roam the plains to curse humanoids and create more Vargui, a variant known as the Vargui Reflections reside in Under Sigil. When a Vargui Reflection spots a humanoid target, it takes on that creature's visage. So it's not your head; it just looks like your head. Oh, that makes it worse. That makes it worse. Well, I mean, also losing your head is not great. Uh, and then we have faction agents. This looks like we're getting actual NPC kind of stats, like any any alignment. Black cabal me, void Super. Yeah, but like medium humanoid, <laughs> any alignment. So these are going to be like occupations that yep. the factions have. There's a bunch of them. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even going to spend time on them. They they're they have different ones for different factions. That we would have gotten in the other book. Um, And then the transcendent order conduit. Okay, planar encounters. In the chaotic... uh, Here's chaotic planar encounters. And then using the monsters from this book. If you're in one of chaotic, evil, good...
1: Not just the monsters from this
0: book. Or Hold on. Or lawful or neutral. It has a D100 table for each one of them. With really only about 20 options. Right? That says, hey, chances are good you're going to run into these things and it looks like it's mostly from, or it yeah it combines a monster manual in this i see one that's like 1d4 red slots good luck but it's not stuff from monsters of the multiverse it's this and the monster manual which is what every single campaign book has been every single adventure book has been you need this book in your hands and the monster manual and then everything that's in the the other bestiary books tends to not be included in these kind of, of tables and whatnot because they aren't expecting you to own those. Yeah. And I'm okay with that, right? That's that's okay. Before we move on, how do we feel about this one? Five. Uh nineteen. I'm uh
1: I I like it. I like getting more monsters. I'm always keen on more monsters. In my opinion, it doesn't justify the size of the printing. Like why wasn't why wasn't the entire thing Mort's Guide to the Outland and Sigil with a monster manual in the background?
0: I will say this because I I learned this when I picked up my deluxe revamped Curse of Strahd, where I don't have the hardcover Curse of Strahd anymore. It broke it up into sections uh, of soft cover books, so that when I was DMing for Mieka, it was easy for me to have two or three books open. I wasn't flipping back and forth mm, okay. to, to find, uh, you know, it's got the bolded monster name and now you've got to flip to the back of the book to run the monster. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to flip back to where you left off. So I've got bookmarks and tabs and everything everywhere. I don't have to do that when it's separate books. I don't mind that, right? We did the same thing for Spelljammer. It's doing it for Planescape. I don't mind having it be separate if they're going to do that. But fuck your page count. I'm so fucking, we're 160 pages in. In two books. In two books. And, I mean, that's what uh, that's what Spelljammer was. There were three 80-page books. 80-some-odd pages. So you're still getting 250 pages, but they split it evenly. We're down to uh, to 160 across the two books. We got more for the planes, or more for the campaign setting, than the monsters, which is fine. Like, I love the monsters. I really like this, this book. I'm always here for more monsters. But I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, it's not enough. It's okay. just not enough. Turn of Fortune's Wheel a reality-warping planar adventure for the world's greatest role-playing game. This, buckle up, Dan, because this is dumb. I uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. It's a Dungeons & Dragons adventure designed for characters of levels 3 to 10 and then a dramatic jump to level 17. Does it say a dramatic jump? With a dramatic jump to oh level 17. God. They just didn't want to give you a level
1: 10 to 17 adventure? adventure?
0: I wonder if there's something that is published on D&D Beyond as a separate, like... I sincerely hope not. There have been a lot of additional monster compendiums for every one of the big releases, the campaign setting releases. We got one for Monsters of the Multiverse, I think, one for Spelljammer, one for Dragonlance, and I know there's one for Planescape as well. Okay. So. I got the squeak out. Okay, on this cover, um, Magali Villeneuve shares glimpses of the Outland's Under the the knowing gaze of the Arcanaloth Shameshka and a Mimir full of reality warping secrets. All right. Okay. I mean, those were a bunch of nonsense words to me. The disclaimer here is Fortune's Wheel welcomes guests and currencies from all planes. I guess Fortune's Wheel is a location. We're going to find out. Uh, From all planes, realities, and timelines. The house takes no responsibility for any harm. I guess it's a casino. The house. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, fortune's turn makes sense. The house takes no responsibility for any harm, financial, physical, existential, or otherwise, uh, endured during games of chance, in interactions with guests of, or house security, or by running afoul of the proprietor. Gamble responsibly. As they say in British Columbia, know your limit, play within it. <laughs> uh, and then the table of contents uh, the beginning of the end is two full pages. Um, Which is just your encounter summary, right? And then part one is Schemes and Sigil. Part two is the Mosaic Mimir, which has... uh, These are parts with multiple chapters in them. Cool. All right. And then part three, which I assume is the jump at the end, is Secret Realities. Uh, And then you get a bunch of maps. So uh, the one thing is, this is going to be the first real...
1: Or one of the first ones. At least one of the first ones in a long time that we've gotten that actually addresses level 17 and beyond like they usually stop at level 12 to
0: 12 or 14 somewhere somewhere in the middle there i think the last time that we saw anything in tier four was dungeon of the mad mage yeah maybe yeah all right so let's keep going here beginning of the end just want to give you a heads up we will not be spoiling the final bit of this we're going to look at it we'll give you our opinions of it but we're not going to give the spoiler at the end of this for anybody that wants to to play it
1: yeah this story so uh yeah, basically this is the adventure of this book, and you are your characters start in sigil at level three. You awaken within sigil. And sure. you awaken there untethered from your life and memory.
0: Wouldn't that be fucking nice? I don't have to go to work on Monday. Woohoo! Big old glossy ass pages that feel like they're three pages thick for no fucking reason. Yeah,
1: it it's it's really driving me up the wall, actually. Um you get a big chunk of uh running the adventure, including at what parts, should, like it gives you the milestones for where you should be in a,
0: in a helpful little table at the yeah, beginning. so, so chapter
1: one, three, four, five, six, all the way up to chapters five to twelve should be level six through ninth, and then chapter fifteen is or chapter fourteen is when you're finally tenth level. And then chapter fifteen is seventeenth level. So dramatic jump, no doubt. There is a once players have created their characters, ask each player the following questions and have them record their answers. What is the greatest decision or turning point in your character's life? What is something your character wishes they could change about themselves? And what is your character's signature possession or physical trait? This is just character generation stuff.
0: Yeah, that's... I mean, fine. Like, I think a lot of tables don't do that. If I can be honest, everyone talks about a session zero, but they're all sitting there going, so what are your triggers that we should avoid? And what language can we use? And what topic should we avoid? They're not sitting there going, so what are the important beats and moments in your character's backstory? Right? They'll... We all get together to roll dice to build the character, but we don't develop the character during a session zero. So, I don't mind having shit like that. Yeah. Um, There's
1: a series of rules here about character incarnations. Because when you die, you come back? No. You can encounter yourself. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. And it gives the DM uh, some guidance to either having surprise incarnations of your players... Or them having prepared versions of themselves that then come in. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, they're called glitches.
0: As well as... Do you remember when Rezu glitched and you saw your... You saw things out of order? Yeah. For a little bit? Because you had a... a,
1: a... I had a time rune on me and then I tried to put a time gem in the time rune because I thought that would be a thing. Yeah,
0: you cut your arm open, slammed it in there, and then it took damage and you just glitched out of reality. Yeah. For a little bit and so... That was fun.
1: My, my boy. Uh, big note here. Don't rush eternity. The multiverse might be falling apart, but there's no need to rush it. Let like characters explore Sigil and the Outlands at their leisure, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Okay. Chapter one, grave escape schemes in Sigil. Um, Hey, chief is the start. So you wake up in a room with Mort right off the start. The talking skull Mort, a commercially converging, interplanar traveler plucked from his eternal punishment in the nine L's.
0: All right. I mean, I don't know Mort enough. He seems snarky. He seems interesting. I I don't hate that. Yeah. Who is their last snarky character? Tasha. And I enjoyed uh, all of Tasha's snark. She was, Volo's she was pretty funny. Volo is full of snark. Nah, no, Volo's a whiner. Like Tasha was like secretly judging you the entire fucking book. Yeah. And I really I remember us talking about these should be Tasha's tweets. I think Mort would have a Twitter account. I'm not gonna call it X. Should have a Twitter account. Should... No. Mort's new enough. He'll be on threads. Oh, c- Can we not?
1: Welcome to the future, Dan. We have a stat block for Mort, who is in a mortuary basement. That's where you start with Mort-a? Okay, anyways, moving the on. The
0: fact that his name is Mort and he's a skull alone fucking annoys me. I know. I know.
1: Um Philosophers with Clubs is chapter two, which is after you emerge if we, if from we this... Ever, if
0: we ever have... An illegal substance gang where we are going to be running drugs across the border. Philosophers with clubs. Philosophers with clubs is what we're going to be. Yeah. But I'm also going to take a page from um, from Dr. Horrible's singalong blog because the club is my penis. <sighs>
1: and then you eventually get to a casino where fortune favors the bold. You get... <laughs> um, are you upset that it doesn't say the bald? No, I'm not. Um, because I already know that it doesn't. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got slot machines that are do-a drones. Well, that's just sexual
0: in nature, isn't it?
1: That, yep. Yep. You can put things in, in places there. Big ticket prize. Dare to test your luck with the spin of fortune's wheel. The, and there's all these. And there is a spinning the wheel and what each thing on the wheel Says and that, how to that's actually a, roll. It. That's a fun game. It's a fun little game. Like take this out and put it in your world just as a puzzle or a game. I absolutely
0: better. will. Yeah, they they gave us a slot machine, a yeah. sentient slot machine. That's fun. One
1: of dubious Vecna, one of the dubious Vecna impersonators who perform at Fortune's Wheel. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so there's it's it's straight up a like Vegas casino with with well, like performers, performers. But instead of Elvis impersonators,
0: they have Vecna. Impersonators. They have Vecna impersonators. Yeah, wearing platform shoes, by the way. There's some timed events, and then we head into, uh, literally into the Outlands. Into the it, Outlands with the Mosaic Mimir. Yeah, part two is the Mosaic mamir. That's a really cool building. It looks like it's walking on like a hand. Like there are like large fingers, but they're all, every knuckle is disjointed, so it's all got floating parts. That'd be a really cool hag building. That would be a really cool hag building. Um, and then there's an
1: actual picture of the Mosaic mamir, which looks different than other Mimirs we've seen so far. All right, cool. Um, the Walking Castle. Walking Castle. A bunch of get. Uh, a bunch of get. Um R o four
0: m. The missing monodrone. I don't like that they all have R two D two fucking names. I I don't want to give them serial numbers. I would rather give them quirky little like. My name's Spark and my best friend over here is, is Twitch and this like. I've given them. I've given
1: them like weird like alphanumeric. it's, it's like, just a little too star wars for I have me. omega 055 is is a real, that's better yeah. right like it's not r2d2 someone right? brad killed with a shocking grasp the second they met him i'm like he's supposed to be an npc you dick yeah <laughs> anyways um automata so you have to go to the city of automata this is very modron focused oh you actually go to cursed as well it looks and like,
0: excelsior yeah it looks like you're going to a whole bunch of the different
1: you are going to all of them glorium but,
0: but you're going to the cities not to the planes associated with them i right?
1: there is a like three or four page little like you go to this walking castle which is a thing and then the castle walks throughout the outlands and drops you off of the cities so you don't even get to explore the outlands themselves
0: unless you, you know you get out of the castle you go yeah you go walk about yeah it's uh, just, it's just more of the same. And oh wait, that,
1: there's an entire chapter for Outlands explorations. There we go, Angels in the Outlands.
0: No, which, no, fuck off! <laughs> I just saw that art. He's wielding a, a fucking scepter like it's a baseball bat.
1: Serial star player of the Righteous Hands, an angel God. baseball team.
0: <laughs> God,
1: there's a thing called play ball. So this is
0: Angels in the Out. Field, my friend. Such a deep cut. No Gen Z person is gonna get that joke, and it's so. But awesome us millennials good. are sitting here cackling. I fucking saw that movie in theaters when I was a child. That so, tracks. Fuck. Wow. That is something. I'm gonna hand this to Dave and be like, find the stupid, and he will. He will fucking vomit. Like that is so good. um The
1: righteous hands, which are a team of celestials, consist of eight hound archons. And their star player, who is a deva named Sheriel. All right, move on, because I'm... Um, Basically, this gives you... uh, This section called Outlands Explorations gives you things that occur within the The Outlands Outlands itself. But it's only, like, four options. You have Angels in the Outlands, Mausoleum of Cronepsis, and Semuana's Bog. And then we're in the next chapter. All right. What's the All next right. chapter? Secrets of the Spire.
0: Okay, so we're back in the center then, I guess. Yeah.
1: This is chapter thirteen. This is where we are. Level nine, level ten. Notes about our allies and stuff we've met along the way. Then behind the wheel. So you go in.
0: And... The the splash page for. So this is part three, the secret realities, and the splash the splash page is for the Arcanelloth, like crime lord. Yeah. Who's in her it? in her secret abyssal realm, the House of Liars. Which means, like, we have the Lady of Pain, but she's not going to be the main antagonist here. She's, no. She doesn't even seem to be a, a major player so far.
1: I, I think she is a major player, but an uh, no.
0: overwhelming
1: threat more
0: than anything else, right? I, she, I don't think she's actually even a threat. I think she's just... I, I'd have to look into it. I, I don't I don't believe that she is evil. The, way that the Raven Queen is not truly evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you travel this demiplane of hers... And See, the artwork for the for the Mimirs is a little bit more demonic now as well. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to spoil any plot
1: here, but you are basically taking down the casino, and then Chapter 15. Suddenly, you are now level 17, and there's a bunch of... Uh, you have to go back to the Outlands. So at the end of Chapter 14, you leave the Outlands. Now you are back to them to continue with this.
0: I wondered if, if you... Yeah, get shunted out of reality or something. I think you do. Yeah. Okay. But so you come back as a future glitch of yourself, I guess.
1: Sure. Did they just watch Loki and come up with a campaign? Like, is that what happened? I mean, I could don't know. be. Um, the distorted beliefs of the Hexton Modron. Um, I have a question: Is a Hexton a Modron beholder?
0: No, 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 no. But the artwork for it was was wild. It, they're all of the artwork for these new Modrons are. are very different, so. Cool. Okay. They have, like, like spider legs instead of, like, hands and feet. Okay. They just look a little bit more, I don't know, bestial, I guess. Okay. Um,
1: There is a conclusion where you realign the multiverse. Sure. And then it kind of gives you the, the fallout of everything as you go here. And In the opening. last
0: section is the Lady's Gift.
1: Yeah. Which is where
0: you probably are rewarded by the Lady of Pain. There you go. Like I guess I think the Lady of Pain just acts as like the leader of, of Sigil itself yep. and, and is just an enigmatic kind of presence, but it does say on the back of it, tour the Great Wheel. We toured the Great Wheel of the Cities, not the Great Wheel of the Plains.
1: Yeah, we toured the Great Wheel of the of the Outlands.
0: We never once go to an actual plane, by the looks of it. This is what fucking drives me nuts about. This campaign setting, right? It gave us Sigil and it gave us the Outlands and it gave us the the gates. Bef- before we dig into this, I just I just gotta say, we didn't get the fucking planes. We didn't. It's Planescape, we didn't get the fucking planes. Let's roll initiative on this. So for this specific book, for this adventure itself, take it out of the idea of, of what a Planescape book should be or what... How is this lone adventure in and of itself?
1: I like it. It's mojon focused Um... The weird, like the weird absence of level one to two, like if you're awakening in the bottom of a in like a dungeon to a talking skull, why can't you be level one for that? Like,
0: uh, well, I I wonder if it's because they want your past, like the glitches. Uh, okay, I I could see that. Like, also, give your character a little bit of a and lot. Knowledge. A lot of players want to start playing at level three, right? There's a lot of that. That is one of the main like conceits of fifth edition. Don't start at level one. You will die, and you don't even have a subclass start at level three. Oh, I I don't play my games that way. I don't Uh, play my games that way either, but I know a lot of people do. So, and then a weird absence of level 11 to 16. Sure. Uh, But I, but I feel like, okay, you ever played in a game where you started off writing up a level 20 character, you played a bunch of shit, fought a God, then got depowered God of War style. This
1: this is when we're going to get angry emails from people because yes, I have, and I have matured in my gameplay and don't do that shit anymore. Yep. Right. Like it, it, that is a fun campaign to do once, but you never reattain your character's previous level. I've never heard of anyone getting their glory back
0: well, you'll know, with you'll, that storyline. You'll notice that this campaign doesn't do that. No. But they very much say, hey, let's skip... We'll jump forward. If you're fucking with reality and fucking with time, I don't hate a time jump. What The only way to really... Be, because half of the fucking player characters... Have some sort of, you don't age, or you age at one-tenth the speed of the... Or you're in a uh, 500-year-old elf, and this person's a fucking kobold with a lifespan of 20 years. Right? Like, doing a time jump, how do you represent that in D&D? You represent it with levels. Yeah. And power scale. So I don't actually fucking hate that. It's weird. It's a little disjointed. But you spend enough time at level 17, dicking about. You get, what, two, three chapters at... Of, of plot when you're that high level I don't hate that you get to explore it most people when they get to level 20 they explore it for one or two sessions and that's it right you almost never actually get to play with your level 20 powers yeah. when you play in 5th edition right but they give you time at level 17 and and like a good amount of time yeah so yeah. To, to play with tier 4 I don't hate that that's fine and maybe I bust them up to level 18 if they're doing a good job so they finally get ninth level spells right like what I, I i might be able to to play and extrapolate a little little bit this very much like the spelljammer campaign like the campaign setting is not what they promised on the fucking box no the adventure within pretty fun neat i do that i would love to do this i don't want to dm it i'm just i don't want to dm out of a module that's yeah. not me yeah um i have strong misgivings about how Wizards of the coast presents adventures for dms to run i would rather if I'm doing that much fucking legwork, I want control over the storyline. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: and, and like I, for me, it's I like taking piecemeal like encounter ideas yeah. or uh, minor plot points or even some major plot points from all of the
0: campaign settings
1: and then putting those in my world. Like there is stuff in here I will use because Modrons are a
0: thing. Mm-hmm. But, but if Kyle or Dave or Jeff were to run this or Brad, because they run modules, mm-hmm. right? And they've got some history and some experience doing that. I'd love to play this. This actually feels fun. I'm tired of the multiverse. This is not the multiverse. This no. is acknowledging the multiverse and then dealing with reality-warping bullshit uh, that is not just like, oh, no, it's not Doctor Strange in in his multiversal nonsense where they were hopping from plane to plane and doing... No,
1: those are more the Far Realms, which we got a glimpse of in the Shattered Obelisk.
0: Yeah, and so for for this, uh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about his shit at the end of the first movie. I'm talking about his entire second movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Where they go from reality to reality to reality. We're not doing that. We're just warping this reality, jumping around in time. This and this breaking. feels like
1: a, a, a amalgamation of realities in this one, right? Like, because you're
0: talk, you're honestly interacting can, with your glitches. Yeah, but it feels to me like that's time travel, not planes, yep. right? I mean, I yes, be, I could be, be, be wrong, right? Like. I don't know. Uh, I see this... I look at this fairly positively for what it is. It does feel more Loki than Back to the Future. Yeah, it, it doesn't claim to be time travel. No, it doesn't. Right? So, like... So here's my fucking frustration with it. This is not Planescape. It is not a multiverse. That's not what we're getting. This is Sigil and the Outlands and reality skipping. It's not time travel... It's not multiple realities. You are not running into your alternate self the way that they talk about it in Fizz Bands where you can kill your other self from another reality. No, these are glitches where you see yourself from other points in your own timeline. That's fucking wild. That's not quite time travel because you are not the one time traveling. Mm -hmm. You're just running into other versions of, that's fine, that's cool, that's neat, I like that. But it's not what's on the fucking box. Yeah. And this is my problem with D and D with Fifth Edition is you don't know what you're buying until you've bought it. So let's go one at a time through these. Okay. All right. First and foremost, Sigil in the Outlands. Let's roll initiative. I've got questions. Nineteen. I got a one. So my first question is: What are your overall impressions of just that book breaking down Sigil in the Outlands? Sigil in the Outlands. Um. Does, uh, like, exactly like what you just said,
1: does not pr- provide what I'm looking for. Um, I will use it, I will enjoy it, but it does not provide exactly what I'm looking for, which is a breakdown of the
0: planes. For what it does, do you think it does what it does well?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if I want to run something out of Sigil, it's, it's important. It's key, right? If I want to
0: have a planar hub of some kind, then yeah, I'll use it. Because that book is called Sigil and the Outlands, and that's all that it says for it, um, I think it does a really good job of what it sets what it sets out to do. It, do. it that book is not called Planescape. It is not called the Great Wheel of Cosmology. Like that's not what it's offering. It is offering Sigil and the Outlands, and yeah. it does and it does a really fucking decent job of it. I'm a big fan of the city breakdowns. The way that we got District, I like think it was ten in Ravnica and the city of Sharn, and like. Mm-hmm. I really like that level of noodly in-depth world building that is general enough for me to play with, but not not so general that I've got a I've got to do the details. I have to do a little bit of world building, but there's inspiration all through that book. Looks like there's inspiration on every page. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the artwork? Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Me um, too. I, I
1: I stopped paying attention to be honest, uh, looking for any sort of AI stuff, but I think they're fairly close to it now that they've gotten such a you know spotlight on them. For that kind of they stuff. have
0: promised that they will no longer use AI in finished products. Beauty, yep, fair.
1: And the art in here is fantastic, it's some of the highest quality art we've seen in a lot. Not a single image in here, you should flip feels, through Spelljammer. It feels
0: redone, yeah. You should flip through Spelljammer, it's fucking wild. The art is great. Um, what grade do you give just Sigil in the Outlands and the Outlands? B, maybe a B minus for what it gives me as a Sigil book, it, it delivers. I give it an A minus, okay the bestiary overall impressions i like it monsters too short yep yeah. yeah that every. i agree completely artwork a, low a plus 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 like yeah the, 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 the one image
1: the, of the ancient time dragon is something i will treasure like i yeah it, it's i, I could get a i could get that for my
0: for my desktop background Be yeah perfectly fucking happy um I, actually that's true of most of the art in this mm-hmm. right so a lot of really good like overall landscapes and and huge epic moments represented um there's a lot of shit in other best areas which is just the monsters sitting on a rock we're we we do not get a whole lot of that nonsense in this they're all it's there's an activity mm-hmm. to it right so what grade do you give it uh a a A like not quite an A plus but an A. Yeah, I give it an A as well. Yeah, Um, I haven't had a chance to go through the monsters enough to say that these are the best fucking monsters ever, but I give it a solid A. Yeah, a lot of Celestials. I'm glad they're filling in those blanks. Exactly. Uh, And then there's the adventure itself. Overall impressions of the adventure.
1: I like it. I'll use it. It's it's very modron focused, which is something that I have not seen in D and D really ever. Like. In all of my years of playing, there's been two factions that I have felt are very, very under-supported. Or two, two, like, groupings. And those Mm -hmm. are Modrons and Slotty. um, Who are in
0: direct opposition. Who are in direct
1: opposition. And I love them both equally. Um, So, I I have a Modron book now. And uh, considering how much I use Modrons in my campaign, love it. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, overall impression of the book. Does what it sets out to do. It's, it's definitely not touring the great wheel like it says it is, but like I, even while we were talking, I, I flipped back to one of them to see, does this actually like you go to cursed and then from cursed, you go to, to Beator, or wherever, to Beator or wherever, and then you come back. No, no, you, you go there and then you escape from there. Like you were in that town, you escape from that town. You never once go to the plane. So I, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, I want to break down at, at the very least somewhere in here, there are 12 planes. Um, or or however many planes there are in the, in the greater wheel. Give me a full page, minimum, breakdown of what that plane is and who's in charge, what kind of important characters are
0: there. That's all they had to do. Honestly, when it comes to my overall impressions of this, uh, it does something really neat. It gives us something we've never seen before. It's a little reminiscent of Ascent into Avernus, just mm-hmm. because you're going from place to place across kind of, I don't want to say a bad land, but like, Instead of an infernal machine to get from point A to point B, you get in this crawling castle and. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Neat. It's it's not super fucking unique, but it's. The details of it are interesting enough. It's different enough, and you're fixing reality. It feels like it's a, it's a nice big scope. I bet the end of the, this campaign feels epic. Yeah. How do you feel about the art? 110. Yes. Yeah, same. Across, a- across a plus, the plus, plus, plus.
1: Yeah. I mean, Modrons. Modrons.
0: Modrons. Yeah what letter grade do you give it
1: a minus yeah um maybe a b plus just because that weird jump like that the 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 gaping holes
0: in plot and story stick out and i are at least in level right? i don't think it's a gaping hole i think that it's probably a plot point you enter the portal you go through the door you get pushed through time whatever it is and then come you to you the table up. next session you're level 17 not yeah. level 10 yeah give yourself seven levels you're playing a different character at that point. Sure, but remember as well that what they could have done is said, hey, you know what? You're going to jump up to level 13 for a chapter. And we would have sat here and said, why not You know, tier four and why not for three or four chapters? So they give us tier four and three or four chapters and I'm like, you know what, fine. I, uh, all right. It didn't feel like a half measure. It didn't feel like a hand wave. Level twice instead of, instead of once, which is a dumb gimmick. Instead no. of... An act three, which is what it feels like to me. So I give it a solid A minus. Overall, how do you feel about the entire product, including the case and the DM screen and the map and all of it? The still? DM screen is gorgeous.
1: Um, I'm I'm the person, like, if you've seen pictures of my house, like, there's just a wall of DM screens. that yeah. I, I collect DM screens. So, like, it's beautiful. Um, the... Uh, the total um, impression again, it's not plainscape. No, so
0: I just want to remind you, you gave it like a, a B minus, a solid A, and then a B plus. But it's not plainscape. What do you think uh, in terms of letter grade?
1: Yep, I'm giving it a B.
0: Yeah, I gave it an A minus, an A, and an A minus. But as a plainscape fucking product, it's a B. What it gives you is great, and I know that like my math there doesn't particularly line up, but it's because what they give you is solid it is good this is not 25 fucking pages of dumb spelljammer ships right yeah. so like i'm i'm all for it however this doesn't give me planescape as a campaign setting this gives me sigil for an adventure the way that they gave me barovia for an adventure right in they didn't give me eberron they gave me and Sult, i mean, I mean right? well
1: i don't want to like defend this this production path that they have clearly chosen to go down where these massive campaign settings that they've given us in past editions of of Ravenloft and of Sigil and Planescape and Spelljammer and these things these massive like multiple publication support um to these things they've boiled them down and condensed them to one book one series of like one little chunk here. One package here. you go.
0: I feel like the, their design decision that they're making here is that they come up with the adventure first. They support it with the bestiary. Just what they need to. With a couple extra little flavors of options for things. Like, hey, here's one kind of Archon that will show up in the adventure. We're going to give you two more. Yeah. Right? So, like... But they're not going to give us a host of Celestials. Like, they're, they're doing the legwork to support the adventure. And then they give us the setting the adventure takes place in. Yes. Right? And therefore... Because the adventure is not just a standard Forgotten Realms thing, they're calling it Planescape, because that's where this is set. Like, they, they they should have done that for Ghost of Saltmarsh. It should, should have been Greyhawk, with the bestiary and adventure path I and agree. what you need to know sure. about yeah. Greyhawk. If they had done that, and this was the model the whole time, I'm fine. But stop calling it, on the fucking box, Adventures in the Multiverse. I'll tell you right now, there's one adventure, and you never go to the Multiverse. Yeah, This is not Planescape. This is Sigil. This is a planar hub. Yeah. It's the Radiant Citadel only instead of going to the places, you're staying in the Radiant Citadel. Yeah. That's the difference here. This is a thematically, like the or sorry, from the architect standpoint of how the game design works, it is just the mirror image of the Radiant Citadel. That's all it is. So, when should someone add this to their publication? Or when should they add this to their library, rather? It's in that slew of the least important. Yeah, absolutely. If you're curious, if you're about Modrons, if you're about reality warping adventures, if you want to play a little bit more and you will then want to move into some of these for that, if you want to explore the level 10 to level 17, go to the planes. Yeah. Go do that. There's room to do it. There's a little bit of guidance for it even. I mean, there... Not a lot, but
1: there's... Your, your characters also have like this whole like arc of uh you come in with all these memories. Level 10 to like 11 to 15... Have your characters go back to Forgotten Realms or whatever realms they're in, wrap up their stories there, and then have them get called back uh, to the planes where they have to hop to the planes before they end back here and see what kind of shit has happened, right? Like... Yep.
0: I'm going to say this. Spelljammer fucking missed. Dragonlance kind of hit. Okay. But it came with a board game, and that's weird, and it's not quite d so d So for me still, it's a question mark. I don't know how I feel about Dragonlance. This seems to have hit what they want to do. With this, this is still D and D. This is still D and D, and it's a big epic story. And it, any anyone can pu- can play any kind of character from any book, right? There's no Ravnica where you can't be a dwarf or you can't be a right. Like it's you can do anything here because it's the hub. So I wouldn't I wouldn't blame anybody for picking this up if they're interested in it. But know what you're fucking getting. And you're not getting Planescape, you're not getting Adventures, and you're, not, you're, and you're not, not getting the Multiverse. And you're
1: not getting a lot of player options, you're not getting a lot of, like there's some interesting magic items, but they're not oh, worth buying the book for.
0: This is entirely a DM tool. Like, there's no reason to hand this out to players, yeah. except while you're doing your Session Zero shit. My, the last thing that I want to say is, we totaled up at the whole thing at roughly, I'm not doing the exact math, but roughly, <coughs> this one is 95 pages or something, the last book. Which brings us to more or less 260, 270, 280, yeah. somewhere around those. I just pulled *Rhyme of the Frostmaiden off my shelf. 320 pages. So *Rhyme of the Frostmaiden is Which, more content than this. Right. But it's also got a bestiary that's going to be like a certain... Uh, you know what? Fuck, I've got it in my hands. I might as well fucking tell you. Just as a comparison, and this is, to be fair, one of the thicker books. But just looking at the contents page alone the bestiary in here the creatures uh are 40 pages okay and the welcome to the far north is 13 pages for 10 towns which does a big breakdown of the of the area which is kind of what we get from sigil, sigil and, and the outlands 94 pages holy hell so the adventure here is twice as long right that was 100 some odd, like roughly yep. 100 pages for uh, sigil and the outlands this is roughly 100 pages for 10 towns and the and so, so it's just... It's just the adventure itself is shorter. Yeah. It's just a shorter,
1: tighter adventure. It, it, also, look at the levels of Rime of the Frostmaiden. Like, it's 1 to 15? Something like that. Yeah. No, it's 1 to 11. 1 to 11. This is 3 to 10 and then a spurt at 17. Yep. Like, I, I get why it's smaller, but at the same time, this is the Planescape. It should be bigger. Like, yeah. I, I understand that Icewind Ice Dale is this wide-scoping tundra.
0: And, and and planes and there are planes in here that we don't go to like uh, like uh, Acheron or Elysium or, or or like well it mentions them but like it mentions them but if they had taken a one level dip to go explore this one plane then you know what you would have had adventures in the multiverse <laughs> you motherfuckers but you did not fucking give me that so so if they had just fleshed us out with another two chapters. Of a couple of planes and then maybe a little how-to guide to, for other planes. The more we
1: talk about, the more I hate it. Uh there's there I, I,
0: I, the, I hate what it didn't give us. I,
1: yeah, I hate what it didn't. I give like it. what it gave it, us. It feels like there's there's uh there's the show called Ted Lasso, which you know, um, but his his um opinion of tea is what this feels like, just the planes. Like it's just it's just flavored water, right? I don't want the flavor, like a, a city flavored of the planes. I want the plane, yeah, right? Give me a fucking cup of coffee. Don't give me your shitty dirt water.
0: Yep. So, that's it for this episode on Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse. I am so proud of myself because I have been calling it Farscape Adventures in the Multiverse. <laughs> that's for the a last, different thing. For the last, like, three fucking months. <laughs> so, I mean, through the whole episode. But that's it for this episode. If you've been inspired by any of the conversations on this episode, you can reach us through our subreddit, r slash mimic our Facebook group or our Instagram. I want to thank all of the patrons uh, who have donated so generously and subscribed to us. It's because of your donations that we're able to do these. Yeah. uh, These kind of reviews on these new publications in a timely fashion. If you'd like to support us, you can check out the show notes below for links to the Patreon as well as a website where you can donate or check out our store. And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment... And leave positive reviews because every little bit helps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Thank you for listening to Legend Lore from the It's a Mimic podcast. New releases will be aired on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps, and previously published materials will be discussed on our Patreon. If you are interested in more tabletop role-playing game conversations, please browse the episode guide at www.itsamimic.com.